The Tennis Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast are presented by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblepodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Welcome, everybody, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast from the Sports Gam Podcast. Now, it is currently Friday evening, May 26th, and I'm your host, as always, Scott Rochelle, once again going solo for this pod. Should be a fun episode, but a relatively short one because we only have two matches to go through as you have the final in Geneva and in Lyon, and we'll be previewing both of those as you have Jari taking on Dimitrov and you have Phils taking on Sarundalo. But before we get into any of those two match previews, do want to recap how we did on yesterday's episode. Overall, did relatively well, ended up splitting the lock and dog picks. I don't want to call it a rough beat for the lock, but pretty unfortunate. But for the dog, nice winner, so we ended up making some profit. But to go into the actual lock, we had Jari and Zverev over 22.5 games at minus 125. And we thought it would be a very competitive match, and we thought that you'd end up seeing a very limited number of breaks for both players. And we got both those right. The problem was... Jari served first in the second set, and as a result, he won the second set 6-3. Now, in the match, you had a total of one break of serve, and the first set went to a tiebreaker. So he really called the match perfectly to a T. The problem was, once again, Jari served first in the second set, so he needed Zverev to hold serve four times in a row, and he could not do that as Jari was able to break him early on and eventually held on to win that second set 6-3, so the match would land at 22 to make matters worse, Zverev did have a break point when Jari was serving for the match at 5-3. So he did have a miracle draw there for a break back to win, but Jari had a great first serve. Zverev couldn't hit it over, and Jari ended up holding serve to win the match. So pretty rough beat there, or at least unfortunate circumstance, because we called the match completely correctly, even with Jari winning. But unfortunately, Zverev did get broken early on in the second set, and that was the story of our bet, so picked up a loss there, but did pick up a winner in the dog portion with the Phils-Nakashima match over two and a half sets at plus 130. Never really in doubt there, as you ended up seeing Phils win a competitive first set, and then I thought his level might dip, which it did. Nakashima came back, and it turned into a war as it went to a third set tiebreaker, which Phils ended up winning. But before I actually get into any of the transitions, I do want to actually discuss briefly some of the controversy that ended up happening in that uh, third set of the Phils and Nakashima match. And I kind of want to set the actual scene for you. So Phils had a match point with Nakashima serving, and it was 5-4, or I should say it was, yeah, it was 5-4, 30-40. So the point is you had... Nakashima serving, and it seemed like, for the most part, that Phils was going to be able to end the match, I don't want to say early, but earlier, and on top of that, he was cramping a little bit beforehand, so Phils was trying to get off the court as quickly as possible, but you ended up seeing him have a match point there at 5-4, and Nakashima ended up having a shot that looked like it was going to be drifting a little bit long, and as a result... Phils was on the verge of making his first ever ATP event final. Ball was called out. Phils ends up falling on the floor in celebration, and also because he was exhausted, he had clay all over the back of his shirt, the back of his hair. You get the idea. Late call challenge, or it was overruled by the chair umpire, and the chair umpire gets off of her chair and rules that the ball was in. Did we ever see a marking? 
No. So I don't know if that was the right overall or not. But anyway, she claims she saw the ball hit to the end line. Okay, that happens. So you assume, all right, Phil's a standing right there. They called it in. It was a late overall or it was a pure challenge. So they're going to replay the point because Phil's was in position to hit the ball. And the only reason why he didn't touch it was because they called it out. Then the chair umpire announces Deuce, and they gave the point to Nakashima, even though Phils was standing right there. So Phils was outraged and started yelling at the chair umpire. I agree with Phils. I think he got robbed in the situation. Now, luckily for him, he won the match anyway, so it did not matter in hindsight. But that was an embarrassing job of the chair umpire. Not the overall part of it, because if you really did think the ball was in and you called it in because it hit the line then, okay, that's your own prerogative. Now, once again, they did not show a replay of the mark on TV, so I couldn't tell if that was the right call or not. But I have no idea how you rewarded Nakashima the point there with Phil standing right there. It's one thing if he gave up on the point or if he's on the other side of the court, and clearly he had no chance of hitting the ball back. But Phil's only let the ball go because you called it out, and then suddenly you change the call to good, and Phil's is punished for it because he did not hit back the ball that was already called out. The whole thing made no sense. So Phil's got robbed of a point there, and he should have had another chance to win with another break point, just redo the point. Did not happen, though. I thought he got hosed there, but once again, nice job for him to over by him to overcome the cramping and to overcome the adversity to win the match and now go into a, an ATP final in his home country in France. But either way, to go through the other matches from yesterday's, uh, I'd say it was pretty similar for both tournaments because you had one straight set win and you had one war. So going through Geneva first, I'll go through the Jari match first because once again, that was the most important match for us. We lost the total. However, we did like Jari, decent plus price there. And we also have Jari to win the event at 11 to 1. So we do have a finalist in Geneva, and he's actually favored in the final. So hopefully Jari gets it done. If you want to hedge, you can, but I'm going to let it ride with Jari. And you had the early match, which was Dimitrov against Fritz. It looked very early on that Dimitrov was about to get killed because Fritz opened the match up for nothing, and it looked like it was going to be over. And then he ended up winning the first set 6-3. Then he ended up having uh, really, really, I'd say mediocre performances there in the second set. It was kind of some ups and downs. He was up a break, Fritz was briefly, at 4-2, and then he ended up giving right back at 4-3, so he ended up being tied, and then Dimitrov ended up winning the uh, set there 7-5 after breaking went up 6-5, but for the most part, pretty even match, where, er, even set where it could have gone either way. And then the third set came around, and Dimitrov was up a break, immediately gave it back, and then ended up seeing holds throughout the rest of the match. But Dimitrov did dominate the tiebreaker. So very nice win for Dimitrov. Came back from a set and a breakdown. But either way, he's now going to be the underdog in the final against Jari. We'll, get, we'll preview that match in a second. But fatigue's going to play a factor because Dimitrov has had back-to-back three-set wars that each took roughly three hours. So we'll see how exhausted he will be for the final, but Dimitrov's looking for his first ATP title in several years, and we'll see what happens. But going through Lyon, uh, you had Sarundolo taking on Nori, and Sarundolo beat the hell out of him. Ended up winning 6-3, 6-0, and then you had the Phil's match, which I mentioned before, where he won a three-set marathon. So going into the overall 
main takeaway from the Friday action, rest advantage or at least time off court should give advantages to Jari and to Sarundalo because they were able to win their matches quicker. And as a result, you do wonder if Dimitrov and Phils will have much left in the gas tank to potentially win the championship match. But anyway, time to actually get into the match previews. So starting off with Lyon, which is going to be starting half an hour before Geneva. So chronological order, we will be going with Lyon first. And you have a massive favorite because Sarundalo is roughly minus 320. And you have Phils at around plus 270 the other way. Phils is plus 4 at, at around plus 101. And Sarundalo is minus 4 at minus 121. Over-under is 21 flat at minus 113 of the over and the under is minus 107. So first things first, I agree with the line. I know that it fills has the home crowd advantage, but once again, with him cramping late in the third set and him playing the biggest match of his career, I do think he's quite vulnerable to lose by a decent margin here. Sarundalo's been really, really good, and I know he dropped the set to Draper. I thought Draper was in great form, and Sarundalo ended up beating up on Nori, who was looking pretty solid in this event. But Phils has looked pretty good, once again, quite fortunate because he only played two full matches, beat Zhang in the first round, then had the Yemmer default situation and had Felix retire for a walkover. So Phils ended up beating Nakashima in three. Now he's got to recover physically from the cramping late in that set. And he also hasn't really faced many players in general in this event. But Sarandolo looked really good. So I think Sarandolo is going to bury him. I think it's going to be short and swift, and I do think that you're going to see Sarundalo probably win like 6-3, 6-2. I think he's going to bury him. Now, I might be wrong where maybe Phils hangs around. I do like Sarundalo to win in straight sets. I really don't see Phils winning a set, but I do think you make the argument that Sarundalo is very capable of covering the 4.5 game spread at plus 110, or maybe like the under 20.5 for an alt line, and you think that this match ends quickly. I'm not going to disagree with you. Sarandolo is a much better player at this stage in their careers. Bills is very good for an 18-year-old, don't get me wrong. But Sarandolo on clay, when he's rolling, he is very dangerous. And I do think because of that, I'm going to go with Sarandolo to win this match comfortably. He ended up having a short match against Nori, while Phils had to go through three grueling sets in route to a win. I think that's going to take a lot of energy out of him, and I think he'll not be he will not be able to replenish the gas tank. So give me the... Uh, favorite here to win comfortably. Give me Sarundalo minus the four and a half games or the under. I think he wins this match with relative ease. And moving on to the much more competitive match, at least on paper, you have a matchup between Jari and Dimitrov. Once again, we do already have a bet on Jari to win the event. So hopefully Jari wins us his second outright or wins us a second outright of the year because we had him to win in his home country in Chile, which he did. But I do think that Jari should be favored here, and kind of similar to what I mentioned in that Sarundalo match. Jari's match was competitive, where it did end up going to a breaker and ended up taking about an hour and 40. But the point is, he was still on the court for roughly an hour less than Dimitrov, and Dimitrov had a three-set war in the previous round against O'Connell. And we know Jari's a great server, and the firepower has been crazy here in Geneva. So I do think Dimitrov will be playing defensive for most of the match, and I think as a result, he will get broken a fair share of times, where Jari did not get broken a single time against Zverev, and Zverev is a really good a really good returner. So I do think Jari should be favored, and I do think he's going to win. Dimitrov, I'll tell you right now, if Dimitrov was against Zverev in the final, and one of them had to win an event, uh, we were going to potentially cancel the show, but luckily Jari ended up winning. 
So we didn't have to have two of our least favorite players against each other in one of them winning a title. So hopefully Jari wins. So neither Zverev or Dimitrov win a title. But I actually do think Jari is the better player. And I think he's in better form. So I am going to go with Jari on the money line at around minus 127. But to go through the odds here, Jari money line minus 127. Dimitrov is plus 107. Uh, Jari minus half a game is minus 113. And Dimitrov plus half a game is minus 107. But I mentioned it before. I just think fatigue is going to be an issue for Dimitrov, who's had... uh, two straight three-set wars, which have taken roughly three hours, and Jari ended up having a war against Rude, which he won, but ended up taking care of Zverev, who was looking pretty good in this event. So I do think that there's some value on Jari. This line does feel short, and I am going to go with him to win his second ATP title of the year. But I do think it's going to be competitive. I think it could go three sets. They did face off one time before. I didn't mention the Sarandolo Phil's head-to-head matches because they didn't have any, but they faced off in 2019, and Jari did win in three sets in Barcelona. Can I read anything from that? Not really. It was 2019. But the point is they have faced off on clay before, and that was before Jari kind of made a run into the top 50, basically, and he still won the match. But I do think you're going to end up seeing Jari win. The question is, do I like the over? Because on one hand, Dimitrov could be exhausted, on the other hand, you can see a potential tie-break situation, and you might be able to see this go over the game total. I'm going to lean over, but I am a bit, uh, I'd say, traumatized of what happened in that Zverev match against Jari, so I think I'm not going to bet the over. I think if you're going to bet it, maybe take the sets, but I do think at the end of the day, Jari should be able to win this match, and I do think he will be able to lift another trophy at the end of this match's uh, conclusion there on a Saturday morning. But once again, my my actual uh, thoughts for the matches, I'm going to go with Sarandolo to win comfortably against Phils, and I'm going to go with Jari to win probably not comfortably, but I do think he's going to get the job done. But that's going to wrap it up for the two match previews. Now it's time for the lock and dog picks. But before I actually do that, I can have a quick word from our sponsor. Have you signed up yet for Edge Boost? If not, you are missing out. Edge Boost is the world's first bet now, pay later Visa card. Similar to buy now, pay later programs, Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest and pay back the advance over four equal weekly installments. That's right, 0% interest. Simply deposit funds into your account and Edge Boost will match the deposit so you can use two times the funds on any legal sports betting site. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in advances, up to $2,500 you can add to your bankroll. And on top of that, go to SportsCam Podcast com slash edge to sign up today at sportscampodcast.com slash edge must be 21 or older to use only valid in legal gambling states problem gambling call 1-800-GAMBLER we're also brought to you by shady rays shady rays is teaming up with sgpn for shady may not only do you get an, an amazing 50 percent off deal but you also have a chance to win 500 shady rays has you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized sunglasses and customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays has durable frames and extreme clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. They also have the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays of confidence because they have your back long after purchase. And if you don't love them, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free. Within 30 days, no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. And for our international listeners, Shady Rays has you covered with shipping to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the UK. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code SGPN for 50% off two pairs of Polaroid sunglasses. Then take your receipt to sportscampodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win 
the $500 Shady May contest. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tennis Gambling Podcast. Just finished previewing the two final matches in Lyon and in Geneva taking place on Saturday morning. But now it's time for the actual lock and dog picks. So starting off with the lock for the show, I am going to go with Jari on the money line at minus 125, which I found on Bet365 against Dimitrov. Simply put, I think Dimitrov's going to be exhausted. I know he's had a good run here beating O'Connell and beating Fritz in a nice comeback there in that match. But the issue I have with Dimitrov is the fact that, once again, he has not won an ATP event in a long time, and the fact remains he is still older at this stage in his career, and I am concerned about fatigue because, once again, he's been on the court for roughly six hours over the last two matches. Jari, though, beat Zverev, who was in very good form, and I think Zverev's actually a very good, I'd say, preparation uh, candidate for Dimitrov because... Zverev and Dimitrov like to keep the ball in play. They have decent serve. They've been around the block a couple of times. So I do think that Jari, after seeing Zverev really do nothing in the return game against them, I think Jari's in line to serve very well here. And I do think Dimitrov, even though he was able to win against O'Connell and Fritz, he did have struggles holding at times. And if he gives Jari some looks there... He's not going to have a good time. So I think Jari could potentially win in straight sets, which I saw at around plus 225 on Bet365, which I was tempted by. But I'm going to play it safe, and I'm going to take Jari to win the match itself at minus 125 as my lock. And for my dog, I'm going to go back to the Sarundalo and Phil's match, and I'm going to take Sarundalo minus the four and a half games at plus 110, also on Bet365. Simply put, Phil's, I think, is going to be exhausted after beating Nakashima in three Plus, Nakashima, decent clay player, and he beat Zhang in the first round. So once again, Fields was kind of gifted two free rounds there into the semis. And Sarundalo has been really good here. Ended up beating Draper in three. Draper was in great form, and he buried Nori. So I think Sarundalo buries Fields. Fields had the three-set marathon against Nakashima. He had some cramping issues late in that set. And once again, it also is the biggest match of his career so far. I think Sarundalo buries him, and I think Sarundalo probably wins once again like 6-3, 6-2. But I'll take him minus four and a half games at plus 110 as my dog. So once again, the lock for the show is going to be on Jari Moneyline at minus 127 and my uh, minus 125. Sorry, I keep doing that. So my lock's going to be Jari minus 125 on the money line. And my dog will be Sarundalo minus four and a half games at plus 110. That's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Tennis Gambling Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at Show Radio. Besides that, though, want to remind everybody the French Open episode will be coming out at some point on Saturday. So keep an eye out for that. Matches are starting early Sunday morning. So I'll try to give all of you ample time to get your bets in. But there will be a pretty extensive preview of the French Open. We're going to go through the quarters. We're going to go through some first-round matches. Should be a lot of fun, so check out that podcast when it comes out. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.